everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This is a great show. It's a slightly odd show because it's Sunday morning in the UK and I have not got booze with me. I've got coffee by my side, which is somewhat scary. So you might see that the tempo of the show rises as we go through it rather than sort of decays because we usually record on the, in the evenings. But hey ho, uh, let's also think about the fact that this is show number 53. Now, that means it's actually our first birthday. Woo! Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. And we have to celebrate, of course, uh, my good friend Graham. And we have a super special guest who is not a surprise this week because we've been tweeting it all over the place to get questions. So first off, Graham, how are you, buddy? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Aid. Um, well, you didn't get us any cake. I, I thought I thought it'd be cake. It's our birthday. Where's the cake? I, I figured it might get squished in the post. I, 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 I suppose mind. I could I could sort of shove it into your undo, couldn't I? That's a fairly... <laughs> and then send it back to you. <laughs> I'll take it. As long as it's cake, I'll take it. Oh, dear, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. So how are you struggling on this Sunday morning? Are you, you, you all right with the odd time for recording? I, I'm not a morning's person, so uh, bear with, caller, but I'll do my best. I mean, it, it is at this point 10 to 11, so technically it's barely the morning, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll struggle through. I'll struggle through. Okay, that's good. And thank you very much for putting out an enormously hilarious show last week. <laughs> <laughs> I struggled a bit with that one. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't, you can't ever go away again, Aid. Uh, you can never, ever leave again because I went, oh, I, all of the buttons and the dials and stuff, I can't make this work on my own. So yeah, you're never allowed to. On <laughs> and holiday. there's only ever going to be one show zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also that, yeah. Okay, well, I tell you what, uh, as I said, not a surprise, but we do have a super special guest with us this week to help us celebrate. Uh, his name is M, and he is the force behind Immulsive film uh, and otherwise known as immulsive.org which is a fantastic uh, resource that has grown exponentially almost uh, uh, over the last couple of years so em welcome to the show hello good morning good morning yeah oh well thank you very much so of course you are the re- you are the reason that we're recording in the morning because your time zones don't exactly fit for our usual slot but thank you very much for giving up a chunk of, of your day as well uh, to come and join us on the show uh, very much looking forward to talking about emulsive um but uh, just so that the listeners have the the right frame of mind couple of things happening on uh, one is that you're intending to live tweet this which we've never done before uh, which might <laughs> yeah which is going to be fun won't mean anything to anybody who's listening to the podcast because okay listeners when you listen to this <laughs> that's not when the live tweeting is going on <laughs> the illusion of radio has been shattered yes it is but my, my fingers stopped working so uh, okay well and and the second thing is is that uh, you handily gave us a, a list of provisos which you are, you've asked me to to read out to the listeners so you apologize in advance and correct me if i get this wrong but you apologize mm-hmm. in advance for talking over us uh, mm-hmm. for talking too fast uh, mm-hmm. for general interruptions and uh, for the occasional swearing is that right have yes. i got the whole list there yeah, yeah, pretty much, and it's also correcting you guys on your on your pronunciation as well, because you, you you said force, <laughs> but I believe you meant the word farce. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, you are both the force and the farce between emulsive and uh, farce of nature. <laughs> <laughs> 
so we shall uh well i tell you what i tell you what let, let's get started with the show shall we because clearly you're you're here to talk about yourself mostly uh but but possibly in the third person so first of all um let's talk about emulsive uh you know two years in now celebrated your second birthday uh the other yep. day i believe uh what the hell happened there you know it's grown enormously and uh it's become one of the finest uh, film photography resources on the whole of the interwebs you know you must be hugely pleased that's 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 very kind of you to say and yeah of course i'm i'm incredibly pleased about about where it is uh now and um yeah, the, the, the last two years have been uh, crazy. They've been an amazing ride. It's, it's uh, nearly a full-time effort kind of keeping the site up and you know, going out and getting new content and finding people to interview as well as getting everything scheduled and organized. But, you know, it's, it, it comes from a place of um, just immense love and, and fun. Uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy the just the process of interacting with the community. And, you know, you, as you guys, I'm sure, have found out over the last year, you, you, you learn so much from that interaction. You know, I've, I've gone from being someone that was essentially <clears throat> completely cut off from, from the film photography community at large to, 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 to someone who's, you know, become rather, rather integrated with it. And I've learned so much about myself as a photographer, as <clears throat> you know, as well as had some kind of, myths debunked and, and and many 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 opinions changed it's been it's been fantastic so is that part of the thing that drove you to start this web-based community in the first place then to 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 uh, to integrate to use your word to 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 get in into the into the thick of it all yeah i mean the 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 initial motivations were were purely selfish i mean i had a uh, a, a private online repository of, of my images and I, I got to thinking about you know just just wanting to create somewhere public where I could get critique or just just get opinions um, I also felt that I'd, I'd learned quite a bit and wanted to share you know what was what had been going on with me over the over the last few years and you know the, this this idea for a, a website just popped out and o over the course of a few months it it developed and it, it, it kind of I, I think snowballed is is probably the probably the best way to describe it and it it went very quickly from being that kind of portfolio slash blog to then me wanting to to try and create a platform where other people like me um who weren't famous who weren't recognized who weren't well known uh, to be able to share their work and their their, their, their thoughts and, and their photography so it, it became very quickly became this idea for a for a soapbox um you know a little a little a little shop window on the internet where, where people could just talk about themselves because I, I think everybody has a voice that that deserves to be heard regardless of if they've been shooting for you know a couple of months or or a couple of decades um, so that that's that's really where it came from, and, and you know, in the months leading up to the to the release back on June first, twenty fifteen, <clears throat> yeah, it, it it snowballed very quickly from portfolio to this grandiose idea of of creating a community. But but obviously, you know, if you build it, they won't come. You, you've got to work. <laughs> that's true. Yes, yes, we find that too. <laughs> <laughs> 
so okay so but but you 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 have built it and you've continued to work hard at it and uh you know there are uh, you know, there there is now a, a huge body of work. Uh, you know, from the uh, the interviews, which you, you know you have a, a special flavour for interviews. You've got reviews, you've got general art, uh, articles and stuff like that on there. Uh, I mean, there must be, you know, I don't know, hundreds or even thousands of uh, of individual pieces of content now within that community. Is that right? Uh, I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh... It's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I was going to say it's kind of difficult to put a number on, but I've just realized that I, I could actually put a number on it if I, if I looked. Um, we're probably looking at somewhere in the region of a, about a thousand uh, articles, interviews, um, and, and photo posts. And I, I would guess <clears throat> over a couple of years, I mean, my, my photo posts that are on there probably account for the vast majority of that probably probably looking at about three three fifty maybe four hundred um, kind of written pieces of content in, in either an interview form or in the form of something that talks about uh, a film or a camera or a technique or an approach that that is that is quite the library of knowledge that isn't it that's that's very impressive because you know for what what we find yeah the 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 internet has brought the film community together i guess through through the hard times but uh to actually gather all of that in one place is quite an achievement well i think as i as i said to you just before before you hit that that big red record button you know it's one of my one of my things if you will is to encourage as much as possible this this idea of, of knowledge transfer um, and you know maybe that's just a fancy word for sharing but to me it means you know you you talk about something like a technique and it's not simply a case of saying I pushed this film to get this result it's it's how did you push it what you know what did you encounter what what gotchas and and kind of uh, um, pitfalls are there that, that other people can learn from so you know it's getting people to to really discuss in as much detail as they can um uh, about things that they do you know whether that be don kittle talking about uh, paper negatives you know until i started talking to him about paper negatives and and realized that it's just cut up pieces of photographic paper <laughs> i had no idea that, that shooting photo paper was even even a thing uh, and then, you know, now we've got a, a four, maybe five part series where, you know, he talks about figuring out, you know, testing the paper for speed and, and exposing it and developing it. And, you know, and you just have this, you know, from from small conversations and and, and remarks made on social media come these these big ideas and these big concepts. And I think if you if you if you collect that information and put it into one place, then then it becomes an incredibly valuable resource. And that's what knowledge transfer for me is all about, is picking stuff from people's minds and putting it somewhere where, where other people can learn, they can develop, they can create their own processes as a result, and then feed that back into the system. So we just have this endless process of, of evolving and and you know evaluating what we're doing and evolving what we're doing in order to 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 get results that we're ultimately happy with 
So tell me, let's talk more about the community aspect of it then, because, yeah, as you know, I tend to look after the uh, the Twitter account for Sunny 16 Podcast, whereas Graham is, is more on the Instagram side. And both of us tend to give things like Facebook and, and Google Plus, if that even still exists, um, uh, a bloody good ignoring. Um, so, <laughs> uh, But I have noticed that, you know, it, the Emulsive as a as a community, as a, as a brand, I suppose, uh, you know, is, is got you know, quite a lot of traction uh, with the film community on twitter is that something that you've particularly targeted or is that sort of an organic thing i i just i i prefer twitter um i i i have issues with facebook um uh not only in terms of the the the, the platform itself but but generally the kind of communities that that exist on there i mean you know typically you know facebook is is um a fire hose that that you need to actively work to filter, and and given the reasons why most people join Facebook, <clears throat> i.e., to connect with their friends, it's it's very it's it's not normally the case to use Facebook as a as a way to obtain specific interest news and, and information. Um, <clears throat> you know, whereas Twitter is is, is very much um, is very much focused on that. You know, you've got people living in, in, in pockets of communities as opposed to, um, you know, purposefully going and adding their friends and their family and their, you know, their, their, their high school classmates and stuff like that. So the, the, the conversation is a bit different. And also, you know, being, being restricted to 140-odd characters has, has a way to encourage people to kind of distill their thoughts. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I find Twitter... Um, more fun it's it's more accessible um i think it's much easier to jump in and jump out of conversations and 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 um kind of share stuff like that yeah i'd be with you i'd be with you on that i suspect graham might (laughs) disagree though graham you tend to prefer instagram don't you (laughs) yeah i mean i think the thing with twitter is it's it's a, a a medium which really depends on your lifestyle and if you're the sort of person who is constantly plugged into the internet Twitter mm. works just great. If you're somebody who is not plugged into the internet for hours at a time, you just miss out on conversations completely. And it's very hard to sort of look at one tweet and go, oh, hang on, this is the tail end of something that might have been interesting. Well, I've missed it all. I cannot go back and deal with eight hours of wading through tweets. And um, so that's why I've always had a bit of a problem with Twitter. It's a really good way of missing out on interesting <laughs> conversations for me. Yeah. Do, do you know what? You, you, you are spot on, Graham. You are spot on, and it's only it's only relatively recently that that you know <clears throat> uh, Twitter has started posting stuff like you know you may have missed or you know they've started collecting stuff and 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 showing it to you when when you log in via the app. Um, it, it's only recently that you you've been able to access that kind of stuff, and I think the the problem that I have with well I wouldn't call it a problem the the issue I have with being as active on Instagram is that it's is focused on specific images and it's i've found it very hard to kind of go off on a tangent whilst you're on a thread about a specific picture you should start a Um, podcast then (laughs) really really easy to go off on a tangent when you have a podcast (laughs) (laughs) a podcast of one i like the idea (laughs) but no i mean i've seen some seen some people do amazing things on 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 Instagram, I mean, Mike Padua is uh, who you guys have had on before. I, the man's an—he's an IG machine. I'm sure he's a bot. With, <laughs> yeah, 
I'm <laughs> completely prepared to believe that. Given where he is in the world, I'm completely prepared to believe that he is some AI that's been thrown out there by Silicon Valley. It makes more sense than the reality. Yeah, it's it's, it's completely mad. And you know, some people have got uh, you know really really nice uh, communities and 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 kind of uh, yeah, just just uh, um, presences there. I mean, for, for me. The main reason for jumping across all social media was just to to essentially to have an outlet <clears throat> in those in those early days, and I think, um, yeah, you know, maybe I need to reevaluate where where I post and how I post because I you know I do post to Tumblr and Google Plus and to Reddit as well as IG and Twitter and Medium and, and a couple of other places. So. Oh, that's that's quite a spread you've got there. That as as a one man band, that that, that sounds like quite a, a a thing to keep up with. So going to the to back to the Twitter stuff. So one of the things that I've I've seen from the outside, but um, completely failed so far to uh, participate in, is uh, your film parties. Can you can you tell us can you tell us about that? Because the people are doing them, so it seems to be a huge amount of fun. <laughs> yeah, so we, we we had a there was a tweet conversation I think last last September, and that there were there were four of us on the tweet on on the conversation, and and someone I, I don't know we, we we just for some reason we got we got talking about FP4, <clears throat> and I think it was it was Diz on Twitter who said oh, I've never shot that. <laughs> So a bunch of us just got together and said, okay, well, you know, we need to have a party then. We need to invite you to an FP4 party um, and, and get you shooting it. And, you know, a, a couple of DM discussions later, and I think the following month, we, we kicked off a, a three-month um, FP4 party. And, you know, the, the idea really was just to say, here's this fantastic film. Not a lot of people, we think, shoot it. Um, we wanted to introduce a, a Twitter friend to it, as well as maybe some other people along the way, and we wanted to celebrate the film. So we just said, right, let's let's do it, and let, let's invite a few people, and you know, see if they see if they want to participate. And um, yeah, it, it took it took on a, a complete life of its own, and the, it was amazing just watching. There are a couple of, of photographers who you could say just started out getting serious about film photography at the beginning of FP4 party. And by the end of the third month, the development in, in their work, their development as photographers, the, the, the quality of their output as it related to the consideration that they were putting into the, the framing, the exposure, the, you know, the development was just, it was, it was staggering, absolutely staggering. And that, that was not something that myself or Diz or, or Sean Sean was mode on Twitter were were prepared for in in, in the slightest. Um, it just went mad. That's interesting. You've got the sort of master chef thing there going on, haven't you? It's like you get into the next round and uh, and all of a sudden you're you're, you're a genius cook. <laughs> well, no, it's it's it's. I mean, it's more a case of you know we just say right. You've got um, <clears throat> you know one week in the month to to shoot the film. Um, and then, so the, the the first full week of the month, you shoot it. Second week, you develop it, send it off, whatever. Third week, you just post, you know, post your pictures, and you, you can post one or, or all. It's it's entirely up to you. Um, and then, you know, all we do is my, myself and and the other judges had the the really unenviable task of of you know 
looking through all of the submissions for a particular month, trying to shortlist them down into what we thought best represented the qualities of that film, as well as exposure and, you know, the framing and all of that other kind of stuff. And then, you know, create a, create a shortlist that we would then go and, and push out to the community to say, okay, guys, you know, go and vote on it. Um, and then, you know, the reset button gets pressed at, at the beginning of the following month. And, you know, we did that for, uh, for a, a few months at the end of last year. And right at the very end, <clears throat> um, I, I contacted Ilford uh, on the sly and uh, just, just uh, had a conversation to see whether they'd be interested in, in recognizing uh, some of the shortlist guys and some, some of the winners from, from the few months. And we ended up sending them a shortlist of all of the uh, short, a, a shortlist of all of the short, short listers, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and they, you know, they, they went and selected their, their favorite four and they, um, they created wet prints. They created wet prints of, of the photographs that they believed best represented um, FP4. Um, oh, wow. That, okay, I, I didn't know about that, actually, because I was only watching it from the sidelines on Twitter. Oh, right, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we didn't, to, to be honest, we, we knew about it coming into December, um, but we didn't say anything to the community because I didn't want that to encourage people who hadn't been involved to, to, to join. It's not a competition. It's just it's a community fun. Um, so once once we had the judge the judges shortlist and and then you know the top three from each month based on the reader votes i then passed on 12 you know th those 12 individual photographers images to, to to ilford and said all right go for your life um and so when we announced it you know we announced it as a as a surprise kind of winner announcement hey guys you know there's no winners but this it's just happened and and he, you know, the winners get this and, and yeah no, exactly and it was you know it was uh it was there are was, no winners but some people are <laughs> lesser losers than others uh, yeah I mean, you know, it was it was it was unplanned um it was it was a really nice gesture from from the industry and um you know it, it was it was completely unexpected but i think it's nice for for the photographers who who were selected to 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 have that that recognition where none was expected. Can I ask, because um, at this point, Emulsi has grown a lot over the last couple of years, and um, it's a completely independent website. You don't have any adverts on there, It's and it's, it is a one-man show, essentially. You're, you're yeah. driving this forward, and yeah. you are notoriously um, reticent about talking about yourself in any way, shape, or form. You made it perfectly clear that you did not want to talk about yourself. Um, I mean, the name you go by M, I'm assuming, just stands for Elusive Man. Um, and so, hey, someone, in, someone's been playing... Oh, someone's been playing Mass Effect, haven't they? <laughs> so, in the absence of any um, facts, we just have to you know, suppose stuff. So, I mean, you're clearly a reclusive billionaire on the run from the government, because that's the only reason <laughs> that any of this would be happening. Um, but the question I have is that Given that Emulsive has built this large audience now within the film community, um, does it concern you at all with stuff like the FB4 party? Because having events like this can actually start to move the needle a bit for companies. Um, and is that a thing that you're starting to think, uh, or are you even getting approached by companies saying, look, would you mind doing a such and such month? Because that would really help us out. Um, and if that hasn't happened, 
is it a thing that you've thought about? You know, what if this does happen? How will I handle it? Because when you're such a um, non-partisan entity as you are, it must be quite difficult balancing that stuff out. Yeah, well, well, just just go right right to the top of what you said there. I, I actually do run ads on the site. So you must be running an ad blocker. Thank you for supporting an answer. <laughs> 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 um, so <laughs> so I, I, I actually do run, uh, just run Google ads on the site um, as a way of trying to scrabble at paying for the hosting costs. So I, I, I pay for a number of, a number of services, um, hosting, email, a whole, a whole bunch of other stuff that enables Emulsive to be there online. Um, and it's, it comes out of my pocket. And, you know, folks like, uh, uh, you know, Hamish Gill and, and uh, Bellamy, who runs um, Japan Camera Hunt, so they, they, they do the same thing. They, they run the site out of their own pocket. Um, so there definitely are ads on there. And, you know, the... <clears throat> The, the kind of revenue that you can you can generate from those ads is is ridiculously minimal and absolutely not representative of uh, of, uh, of of what the the operating costs are. Um, not at least, I guess, until you start hitting millions of hits a month. But that's that's not going to happen. I, I don't see. Um, as it as it comes down to kind of moving the needle, I, I, which I, I I do like that term. It, it's funny because I I actually asked Ilford. Um, whether they'd seen any difference um, as a result of what I thought was a, 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 a huge uptick in the amount of people shooting FP4. And um, I got shot down in, in the nicest way possible, uh, in the sense that the, the volumes that um, the likes of, of Ilford and I would definitely say Kodak and Fuji work to um, are much, much bigger than, than any kind of small film party involving probably, well, I think uh, maybe about two dozen people, three dozen, let's say 50 mm. tops over the course of a month is, is, is going is, is, is to uh, create, you know, that, that, that kind of effect is, is, you know, it's like trying to make a hot bath cold by adding a single ice cube. It just, mm. it's just, it's just not... In terms of, uh, sorry, sorry, go on. Even even setting that aside, though, I mean, your um, your social media uh, following it must be. I mean, I don't know what numbers you're at, but your the the awareness, what they get for free in terms of just people's awareness, is certainly not without a value to them. I mean, it's it's probably a more effective marketing campaign than any film company has run in quite some time. I, I'm, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll give you, it's quite funny now. If I, I post my daily photos plus uh, images and links relating to all of the published content on Immersive on, on Instagram. <clears throat> and I will guarantee you that if I take a picture of a camera and some film and I post it, that will get maybe four to five times the amount of activity and engagement that me posting a picture, and that, mm. that that kind of frustrates me. Kind of, it kind of. I'm not going to use a stronger word because I'm going to try and stay away from my fourth proviso about swearing. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I to date I've not had anybody um, approach me to say <clears throat> we'd like you to you know review this in exchange for this. We'd like to do this in exchange for that. You know, can you help us promote this? 
all of all of the stuff that that Emulsive promotes, whether it be Kickstarter campaigns or events or people's work, is done by me reaching out to somebody because I think their work is interesting, and I, I want to talk to I want to talk about it. I want to tell people about it. Um, so you know, all of the guys, let's say, who got involved with the um, the Secret Santa, you know, we had thirteen sponsors last year. Um, so we had two of the Kodaks, we had um, uh, Billingham, we had a, 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 photo, a bow photo up in up in Canada, we had Old School Lab. You know, th these guys are out there supporting the community via social media and competitions all of the time, and I I, I don't I don't get anything from it. And I, I would guess if if someone was to approach me with the express interest of <clears throat> helping promote their product, well, if I don't see that there's any value in it for the community, if I look at it as a, a click grab or a money grab or whatever, I'm, I'm not going to support it because that's not what it's all about. That sounds pretty, uh, yes, uh, uh, almost altruistic. But no, not, that's not quite the word I'm, I'm grasping for, but it is it's, still it's just not, about Sunday not, mornings. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, to me, you know, it, it, it's about... It's about having a responsibility towards um, maintaining a clear and, you know, to use a political term, you know, a a, a non-aligned voice. You know, I, I I have I have very bad things to say about Fuji. I have very good things to say about Fuji, and and I've very bad and very good things to say about about most vendors. Um, and so I think for, for, for that for that reason and, and because every vendor conversation that I have starts with this is going to be no holds barred, you know, it's it's um, you know it, it, it's going to be a truthful rant or you know, truthful coverage of your product, warts and all. If you're not happy with that, then let's not continue this conversation. Now, when you when you approach when you approach an organisation with that with that approach or with that mindset, um, <clears throat> nine times out of 10, you'll have a, a, a response from them, which is, that's okay. We, we wouldn't expect anything else. So, you know, so far I've, I've, I've yet to come across an industry, an organization in the film photography industry that, that has said, no, we only want good reviews or no, we only want this. No, we only want that. Well, that's refreshing. That's good to hear. <laughs> Is, is that, given the fact that you, you like to remain quite very objective about all of this, is that why when you've had um, interviews on with people like um, Ilford and, and Kodak, that you've often thrown it out to the community to get questions from them so that you aren't driving it in a certain direction yourself? Or or is it just because you're bad at thinking of questions, which I can completely <laughs> sympathise with if that's the case? Uh, you, 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 you found me out. I am terrible at asking questions. No, I, I, I think, look, if, if you're interviewing an individual photographer, um, and, and there is a method to the madness of the interviews that, that appear in Emulsive, but, you know, if you're interviewing an individual photographer, you, you can, you know, it's very much a, a, a two-way relationship person asking the questions and person answering them. But the whole idea with the community interviews is to is is along that that knowledge transfer thread. You know, it's about creating closer ties between the the industry and the community that supports them. Because it's not the other way around, as a lot of people think. You know, the community supports the industry. If the community is not there, the industry is not there. It's as simple as that. And so actually 
getting having the opportunity to talk to these industry players um it's for me it's a natural evolution of the interview process to say all right well all of you guys out here who are using their products who don't have an opportunity to ask these guys questions ask them questions oh and by the way nothing's off the table nothing and and the the three interviews that have been published the three interviews that are, are still in progress um not a single one of those guys lomo ilford uh, kodak alaris um uh, ferrania or billingham have said uh, you know, oh, we don't want to talk about this thing or that thing or the other thing. Well, I, I tell a lie. There, there's only been there, there was one one example of that, and that was Billingham talking about their proprietary stitching techniques and where and where they buy their material. You know, where they buy material from. You know, they they didn't want to talk about that, which you can completely understand why what you know why why they don't want to talk about that because that that really is their their kind of unique selling point. I, I, I've only been made aware in the last few minutes that you did an interview with Billingham. Uh, that sounds like something Aid would organise. How can you talk to somebody about bags for, <laughs> for more than two seconds? The question being, you make bags, do you? Yes. Cool. So, so the fact that there's a, I saw a Kickstarter for a new photo rucksack actually uh, is not something you want to talk about today then, Graham? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right so let, let tell, tell you what then em, let's talk about what next for emulsive because yeah we've got more parties coming up you've got yeah. uh new facebook groups you've got yeah what, what, what's happening at the moment what are the things you're really putting the effort into the moment that that you think our listeners might find interesting well i i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to get more of an insight into the the kind of the industry side of things so there's excuse me there, there are a few developments on the community interview side of things later this year which should be should be quite fun um i'm talking to a couple of labs to to kind of break open the dark room and kind of what you know what's going on with them there there's there's there are a couple of things i can't really talk about at the moment unfortunately um but but really, it's it's more of the same. It's is building out discussion, and it, it's building out informed discussion, debate, and critique. Um, you know, the the inter, the internet is not not a safe place for comments. Um, you know, you, you go to various websites, and it doesn't matter whether they're related to film or not. But you, you know, you you get people who. They take time out of their day to, to, to write trite and to, to pick on people's choices and, and tastes and reasoning. And, you know, whilst the reasons for, for, for disagreeing with what somebody posts on the Internet, let's say a picture, are fine, I think the issue really lies in that many of us, me included, we don't know how to effectively criticise, effectively debate on the internet, and and <clears throat> one of the reasons for starting one of these these two Facebook groups has been to do just that, just to <clears throat> create a place where we can, as a community, help inform debate <clears throat> and help understand how to provide and to receive critique. And, and one of the things that that's come out of this 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 Facebook group um, very very quickly is the need to have a a some form of uh, community-led uh, 
critiquing system service facility uh, i don't know what what you'd call it but you know so I, I don't know so i'm 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 hoping at the very least by by the end of this year so 6 months in to to year 3 that that will will will, will have a, a will have better ways of of giving photographers access to um informed critique that's based on experience and provided with a temperament that is appropriate um, as opposed to what we have now, which is, you know, people posting on various groups and various places on the internet and being told their work is shit because they didn't use a Leica or a Hasselblad or they, the, 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 the photo is not contrasting enough or, or, you know, a million and one subjective reasons. Whereas potentially what that person wanted by posting that picture was, you know, Tell me about my exposure. Tell me about what I can do better. How can I make this portrait stand out better? How how can I make more effective use of flash and, and lighting and da da, da 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 So you know we're kind of hoping to inform the the quest for critique as well as the critique that follows. I mean, that's that's a, that's a pretty ambitious program of activity for the year. I'm not yeah. quite sure even how to respond to that. I was yeah, it was, <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah, it's like right up there with fixing politics and stuff like that, uh, isn't it? You know, it's uh, uh, <laughs> how, you're going to fix the internet, basically, aren't you? As emulsive gets bigger and bigger, how how are you going to sort of because as you said at the beginning, the the website is built on a sort of blog format, um, and as it grows with adding, you wanting to do stuff like this, and just the sheer volume of content that you have on there, um, how are you going to keep it manageable and and usable as it continues to grow year on year on year? Um, because it's, I mean, it, the website is fantastic, the layout is fantastic, um, but there's no getting around the fact that as you just get more and more content, it's harder and harder to make it easy for people to, to get access to the stuff they want quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's actually a, a very, um, a very present challenge for me. And there's, you know, in, in whatever spare time I have, um, <clears throat> you know, there I'm, I'm trying to think about, uh, redesign and recategorizations and and just just making the you know as you say the process of being able to find what you want easier you know there, there's no point having a bunch of balls at the bottom of a bucket full of water if 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 if, if, if you can't even reach down to get them in you know let alone let alone see what they are that's a really really bad analogy why are you reaching for balls in a bucket i, I, I have no idea I was, thinking, you know, I was thinking about fish and then i thought about M&M's. Is that not where you keep your balls, Graham? <laughs> <laughs> well, only when it's hot in the summer. I'll I, I tell you what, here's one with the summer coming along. You've got a, a you've got a, a cooler filled with ice water with beer cans at the bottom and everything's labelled exactly the same. And you don't know whether you're getting a Coke or whether you're getting a, a Jägermeister. There you go. You know, that makes more sense than your balls analogy. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's, it's. There, there's no excuse for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, be, being able to um, allow people to access content in a way that is easy is, is for them is, is, is definitely a challenge. It's something I'm, I'm hoping I'll be able to be able to focus on um, a bit later this year. Um, 
in terms of in terms of managing all of this 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 extra stuff i mean essentially you know up until uh, about a year and a bit ago it was me writing content um from there it's it's developed into contributors also also contributing um reviews and photo sets and and stuff like that um as of the end of last year i managed to to rope uh, a few people into helping manage the parties and that's you know Sean and Diz were fb4 and and then tmax um <clears throat> there've been a couple more people you know Barnaby Nuts and Sandeep um, Mr Biscuit um as well as Photo Ian have, have jumped on for Neo Fantastic and you know there the, there's support coming from all of them for the summer film party stuff there's a band of fantastic moderators who who are helping out on the the Facebook side you know the the critique panel is is you know being built out with with a whole bunch of other folks so you know it really is community coming together to to to, to help you know to help deliver and help guide all of these all of these little projects um i don't know what what that means for the website of things but you know yeah as I've, as i've said there there's certainly a need to make it easier to access the information that's on there mm-hmm. sounds like you've got a busy year ahead of you Okay, well, we asked you all to submit questions for M, and now that Graham and I have had a, a bit of a go at him, it's your turn. Uh, let's get right down to it. First of all, we would like to say uh, thank you to Dan Bullman, uh, at Dan Bullman on Twitter, who has sent in actually uh, a question for M, uh, based not around the content uh, of Emulsive, but a bit more about the process. So, M, Dan's question for you is, uh, what advice would you give to someone trying to build a blog? Uh, uh, um, think about what you want to write. Um, try and lay it out if you're if you're that that organised, um, and keep revisiting it. If if what you want to write is not something that you yourself would want to read, then you should reconsider that. When you do write your content, make sure you're being honest and you're being genuine. Um, it's very very easy to 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 spot a bullshitter part of my french i think that's only the second time today right um <clears throat> just uh, be genuine in your approach write stuff that you find uh useful um and make sure that you you engage with the people who you'd like to read your content make sure you you understand who they are and that you you are part of their community um there's no point in writing stuff just for the sake of having it on the internet you want to reduce that that kind of signal to, to uh, that signal to noise ratio that sounds very sensible um i think you're right as well about it being easy to spot people who who are not uh, not so genuine uh, the bullshitters as you call them and you're absolutely right uh, there's plenty of that out on the internet best avoided <laughs> There's a lot of forced. There's a lot of forced enthusiasm out there, and 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 it, it shows. But if you're genuinely passionate or interested in in something, it'll come across. Whether that's a a piece of text, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a you know a, a YouTube video. I mean, you just need to you need to look at someone like Ben Horn, for example, who's you know he, he's having a whale of a time. And you know that he he eats his own dog food to use that to use that American term. You know he enjoys what he does. Um, 
so yeah be be genuine and, and be real yeah, yeah. As 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 uh, somebody who puts out content on the internet every week, whether the internet wants it or not, so yeah, oh yeah, I I think yeah, we uh, we we on this show, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to uh, accuse us uh, of taking ourselves too seriously. At least I hope they wouldn't. <laughs> all right okay so thank you dan for your question next one is a good friend rachel brewster uh, otherwise known as little vintage photography and uh, she sent a couple of questions actually and uh, first of all uh, we have uh, this calls back to something you were talking about earlier about techniques because i know there's a lot of stuff about technique on emulsive uh, rachel asks actually what analog photo technique have you found the most difficult to master uh, uh, I guess, am I allowed two? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Um, the first one is, is pinhole, which I know is, is quite, uh, quite, uh, timely as far as you guys with your, your filthy undo sharing and your <laughs> <laughs> endeavors. Um, I, I, I have tried, um, and, successfully shot pinhole in various formats um <clears throat> i even modded my other holger uh, holger wide pinhole thing which I, I actually modded that with a reality so subtle uh, pinhole just because I, I love how how sharp and, and distinct the the rss images are but i just I, I just i don't get it i mean for for me for my own stuff i look at my own pinhole photography and i just think what a bag of shite. <laughs> uh, but I, I look at other people's pinhole photography and I think, wow, that's amazing. You know, look at how he captured the sunset or oh, I never would have thought to have done that. I mean, you know, you look at John Wilkening's, uh, John Wilkening on Twitter. I mean, you know, he's doing some amazing stuff with, with movements, uh, movements with pinhole cameras. And, you know, he, 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 was inspired to, to use the technique by somebody else, and he has in turn inspired a whole bunch of, of other people to go ahead and do it. And, you know, I, I look at that and just, you know, mind blown. And then I look at my own pinhole photographs and I, I want to shoot myself. So, um, <laughs> so pinhole, definitely, but I think that's an acceptance issue. And, and the second one is portraits. Um, I... I'm not somebody who enjoys taking pictures of people my my in a portrait manner. Um, I'm also not one of these people who just go and randomly take weird, invasive, candid street photographs. But the the act of of taking somebody's portrait, a consenting portrait, um, <clears throat> is something that I found diff most difficult to master. I guess because it's not really. It's not something that, that I, I feel a, a desire to do. It's, it's I have wanted to do them in the past and been kind of depressed by my lack of success. But so I, I guess if that counts, yeah, portraiture is, is, is probably the one I found most difficult to master. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. It is, it, 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 it's tricky. Uh, I always struggle with portraiture as well, and it's something that I try and do as much of as I can. But hey-ho. Okay, right. So the next question from Rachel then is um, uh, film or camera? So shooting with only one particular camera or only one particular type of film forever, uh, what would you go for and why? Uh, 
Um, I was thinking about this the other day because I, I I noticed Rachel's Rachel's tweets last Wednesday. I think um, <clears throat> the film would, would would have to be it would have to be Aerochrome. So Kodak Aerochrome. It, it's I, I just think it's it's amazing. Um, <laughs> the, the the realist in me would probably choose some something like Rollet's Black and White Infrared, which is a great black and white film just shot normally it's got amazing tones it's, it's beautiful lovely grain to it and you know it's a it's an infrared film so you can shoot it in ir but there, there, there's something about um the way that aerochrome just just translates and transforms the world that for me is just i i don't think i'll ever get tired of it so definitely that and that that, that goes the same for um Kodak EIR, which is the the, the 135, the 35mm version of, of Aerochrome. As far as the film goes, uh, sorry, the camera, um, this is going to sound a bit poncy, to be honest, but um, it, it would be my Hasselblad. Yeah. And the reason for the Hasselblad is that <clears throat> it took me three other medium format SLR cameras uh, to as stepping stones to get to the Hassi that I have now. And if I had just gone out and spent the money that I'd spent on those three cameras in the first place, I would have been able to buy that Hasselblad and still have change. <laughs> the, the, the flexibility of the camera, the, the, the one I use is a, is a focal plane shutter. So, um, the, the, the Hasselblad that everyone's heard of is a 500 series and they all have shut, uh, lenses with shutters in the lens. So they use a, a Compor, uh, a Synchro Compor shutter or, or you know, what have you in the lens, which means that whilst you can shoot flash from, you know, bulb all the way through to one five hundredth of a second, actually it tops out at one five hundredth of a second. Now the, the, the focal plane bodies, the one that I have actually tops out at one two thousandth of a second. Um, and it focuses closer because it doesn't have it doesn't have the the doesn't have to have a lens a, a shutter inside the lens, so I can get down to about sixty centimeters and I can shoot stuff at one two thousandth of a second, which is great for for all manner of just getting close and sh getting loads of lovely bokeh and overexposure into uh, into the frame. So <clears throat> yeah, for me it would be it would be the Hassi. Um, and, you know, before people start crying and, you know, saying, oh, you know, uh, elitist or this or that or the other, you know, I've shot Pentacons, I've shot Kievs, um, I've shot other 6x6 TLRs. And, and the only one that I felt comfortable with as a tool to be able to keep doing that job until the end of my days is that Hasselblad. I had two Kievs, uh, two Kievs and uh, two P6, uh, Pentacon 6s um, fail on me either mechanical failure, frame spacing issues, or just some, some ridiculous error as, as a result of age or, or, or poor quality control. The lenses for those cameras are amazing. Um, and I actually kept, I ended up keeping one of my P6 lenses and having it converted to a Hasselblad mount, um, just because the Hasselblad version is, I don't know, um, uh, four, five, six times more expensive. Um, but the lens that I have does exactly what the Hasselblad one does. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. 
No, no, Hasselblad. Hasselblad Hasselblad 2000 as the uh, as as the camera, um, and Kodak Aerochrome as the film. Right. So thanks to uh, Rachel and to Dan for their questions. Graham, I understand you might have some as well. We certainly do have some questions courtesy of Instagram. Um, also, Aid, you missed one of Rachel's questions off, uh, and I can't imagine why. So Rachel's third question, which I'm sure you've both seen, is Rachel wants to know, who is the enigma, the man behind the mask? Now, as we made it clear earlier, Emma's already said that he's not going to answer questions about himself. So I'm going to tweak that question slightly to say, Em, <laughs> why don't you want to talk about yourself? That's, that's, a, that's a very valid point, and actually, it's 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 something that I've I've spoken to, I've spoken about with everyone that I've either spoken to over the phone or met in person, because I have met people in person. There are people on the Twitter and Instagram community who have met and shared beer slash cake with yours truly. Mm-hmm. Um, the main. The main point, the main reason behind all of this is I'm irrelevant. As an individual, I'm completely irrelevant to the equation as it relates to the most important factor, which is the message, which is talking about film, getting people to talk about film, trying to put a, put aside these ridiculous discussions and conversations and arguments about film versus digital and which one's better, which one's worse. And yeah, you must be a Luddite for wanting to shoot this. And actually just, just talking about the medium as, as what it is, which is a medium of artistic expression. At the end of the day, everything boils down to the results that you want to achieve as a photographer. Now, you may be experienced enough to know the results that you want. You may be you may not have enough experience to, 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 to know what results that you want, but it's being able to use that medium to express whatever is in your heart or your mind or on paper or whatever, and just getting it out there. And, and in my opinion, there are, there are many personalities who sit behind platforms and websites such as Emulsive who do a fantastic job. There are equally... Uh, many personalities who who let everything go to their head and it just it becomes about about them and and not about what they're trying to do it becomes a vehicle for their own i don't know um their own progression their own their own financial gain you know whether that be taking pictures of your of your your pool or 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 saying that you're 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 deleting this and that and the other off the internet you know and it's just it's pointless it's all about the message. It's all about encouraging people to discover this medium if they haven't done so already, and, and then encouraging people who have discovered the medium to, to understand different ways of using and manipulating it, different ways of expressing their creativity. So to be honest, it doesn't matter if, if I hang up my hat as M and, and give it to somebody else in two weeks, two months, two years, that person will be M. And cool. I'll just go back to being a nobody. So basically what you're saying is you're a reclusive billionaire on uh, on the run from I, the I government. I really, really <laughs> wish I was a billionaire. Honestly, I, I, ever since I was a kid, I had this idea for this whole island, you know, evil island and, you know, subterranean lairs and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I have a day job. I 
struggle through through life as as most people do. I have uh, limited time to myself. I have a family. I'm married. You know, I, <clears throat> I I would like to take one holiday a year. You know, I'm just I'm just I'm just passionate about film, and I'm happy that um, a few people have have accepted that and that they you know pay attention to what I might have to say on the subject. But as 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 somebody who is as an individual who is deserving of attention. Um, that's not what that's not what this is about cool well that's a pretty good answer i suppose i mean i'm not gonna lie say i'm happy with it but i'll take it um i've got some more (laughs) well let's let's have a beer and we can talk about the rest of the stuff a a beer and cake the perfect combo Um, um i've got some more questions from instagram here so um First one is from uh, at London Camera Project. He wants to know what's better, film or digital? No, just kidding. Um, he wants your I, opinion. I, I could answer that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> God, say digital. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah, go on. <laughs> um, he would like to know what your opinion is on Fuji repeatedly cutting lines of film, um, including most recently, it looks like the Agfa Vista Plus, which obviously has Agfa on the front of it, but we all know it's the Fuji film, uh, and what it might mean for film shooters. Um, if, if Fuji hadn't diversified, and, and bear in mind, Fuji is an incredibly diversified business. I mean, they, they make flu vaccine, for crying out loud. If you use flu vaccine, or if you if you have been given a flu vaccine, odds are it was made by Fuji. Did not know that. So, so Fuji are an incredibly diversified conglomerate. Um, if they had not done what they have done with the uh, discontinuation of films, papers, and chemicals, um, Fuji would be in the same position as Kodak. It's as simple as that. The, the fact that, that Fuji are here for us to complain about is something that, that we should be happy for. Because whilst they may have taken away a load of enjoyment for, for us film guys, <coughs> you know, look at what they've done with the, 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 the Fuji, the, the X series of, of, of cameras and lenses. Mm. Um, so, and I don't know a single person who owns a, you know, XT20 or t- X, X, T100 or 10 or 20 or whatever, whatever they are. I don't know anybody who owns one of these Fuji um, digital rangefinders that doesn't find it a complete joy to use. So on, on that side, I'm going to say I'm happy that Fuji are still around to give us the film and the chemicals that they still provide us. And just as an aside, as you've um, in the past been in contact with Kodak and with Ilford, I mean, have you ever tried to reach out to, you know, is there any sort of community outreach from Fuji? Uh, no, no, they, they are um, closed doors. So I've, I've reached out to uh, maybe three or four different different Fuji offices. Um, I typically get as far as the reception. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, you know, they're, they're, they're very difficult to talk to. Um, what they have said, and I'm not sure, uh, you know, it, it's, it's public knowledge, it's on their website, but it's, um, it's not, uh, I'm not sure it's something the community is aware of, is they have committed to support to supporting film until the early 2020s. So regardless of what is being discontinued and what is being removed, um, Fuji will be 
providing film and chemicals, and that, that's, the, that's the really important part, the chemicals bit, mm. um, for the foreseeable, well, for the next four years, five years. It's so. <laughs> quite a small number when you say it out loud, isn't it? It, it is. I mean, they, they announced this in 20, late 2015. Um, now, by that time, with Kodak's re-entry into the, the slide film market, hopefully there'll be chemicals that, that, that will also be provided as a part of the, the release of Ektachrome, so that labs won't have to rely on RA4 and other, you know, other, other Fuji chems. You know, hopefully Kodak are, are going to be there to pick up the slack. Now, um, I, I honestly do not believe, well, up until the notice for the discontinuation of ACROS, I thought that there was a, there was still a chance to to stop Fuji from going you know full dark side. Um, after that announcement, my 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 opinions changed completely. Um, Fuji are exiting the the film industry. Um, <clears throat> there is it, there will be a point where the only film product that Fuji provide is going to be Instax and it will most likely be delivered on a hybrid camera as we've seen with the SQ10, the, the, the new the new square format. Essentially it's a digital camera with a an Instax printer which is great you know there, there's there's a target market out there for that my you know Mrs M she's she 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 is as I discovered the other day the perfect target market for the SQ10 um, but it, it means that you know large format medium format, black and white, Fuji Acros is gone, slide film will go, uh, color film will go. Fuji do not have a history of licensing intellectual property to third parties. So they are still sitting on the peel apart FP3000, uh, FP 100, they're still sitting on the 4x5 peel aparts. They will still end up sitting, well they will continue to sit on the uh, on Velvia, Provia, Astia, Fortis, and a whole bunch of other slide films. And that, that IP will never be made available. So shoot it while you got it, guys. Don't be, you know, we can, we can be sad about it, but we can celebrate the loss by shooting all of those films that we love for as long as they're going to be around. After that, who knows? Yeah, that's good advice. Okay, uh, next question is from um, at Neil W12, uh, who wants to know how you grew your presence um, from just beginning to being a powerful voice on social media. Uh, he goes on to say, I, I think he's amazing and he's done a really exceptional job to um, make your presence, build your presence, reach and respectability as well. Well, I think in order to be respected, you you you, you have to you have to give respect in return. You know, is uh, I spoke earlier on, on Dan's Dan Bullman's question about uh, about building a blog. It's you know, be be genuine, don't bullshit, engage, and and, and respect people. There are always going to be trolls. There are always going to be people who don't agree with what you say, and just deal with them in a in a respectful manner. Um, up to a point, and just uh, just 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 be honest with your engagement. Ask questions. Um, if you think something's good, you know something you've seen on social media, tell the person you think it's good. Ask them how they did it, why they did it. You know, find out. 
you know, in, in, engage in, in meaningful discussion, not stuff like nice capture, you know, which, which I see all the time on click farms and, you know, sites like that. What does nice capture mean? Oh, you did a really good job of pressing that shutter button. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Well done. But, you know, it's, it's ask questions, engage, and, you know, be respectful and you will be respected. Um, I had a, an issue... I've had an issue recently with a, a long-standing, I wouldn't call troll, but I, I would call someone who has a less than, um, less than perfect way of, of, of engaging in discussion with, with people on the comments on Emulsive. And I, I've called him out a couple of times and asked him to be more respectful of, of, of the people that he's, he's talking about. And that's been both by comments and email. And, and yesterday I had to um, kind of make my disdain for him a little bit more public. And I, I think... You know, we don't need to call out people who are who are being asses, to, to for want of a better word. But if you see somebody engaging in disrespectful behaviour towards somebody else, it's your responsibility to do something about it. And that that sits as much for internet comments as it does for real life. If you see somebody doing something that is wrong, you respectfully make them aware of that. Um, we all have to live here, and, and you know, as 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 a as an old friend of mine said, it's if nobody has manners, then that means nobody has no manners. Does that make sense? If we um. live in, so, if if, if 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 you live in a society where where nobody has manners and everybody is self-absorbed and just doing everything for themselves, that becomes the norm. So actually, you can't then say that nobody has no manners because actually it's just society just it just becomes that way so if you go to certain websites and you look at their comments and 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 you just think for the love of god you know everyone here is mad everyone here is is tearing everyone else a, a new asshole everyone here is 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 just just uh, adversarial, mean, rude, this and that and the other. Well, actually, if that then becomes the norm for the comments on that website, then then actually it means that all of these people who are actually behaving like idiots are not because they're just behaving like everybody else. So use the space, the bubble that you have around you to, to elevate the quality of uh, discussion and behavior around you. Don't let trolls get away with it. Anyway, oh, awesome. I've gone into a completely different rant, so let, let's 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 leave it at that and, and put it down to uh, alcohol abuse. Okay, good. So you got where you are by alcohol abuse. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the next questions, I've got a couple here. Um, uh, one might be quite broad, um, so I'm going to ask you to try and be good and smart and concise with this question. But this is from at Throttle by Cable, who only wants to know what your predictions are as to the future of the industry. Okay. Any thoughts on that? I'll, I'll come to the second one after, because it's quite unrelated to that. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, even if you, take, uh, <clears throat> even if you take large players out of the game, there, there are still, there are a whole bunch of people doing this for love, uh, doing film for love. Um, Cine Still, New 55, Burger, there are three examples of small niche players who are able to survive in a world of diminished volumes because their business model, their approach is one that's based on being lean and being efficient. And when Ferrania get themselves up to speed 
and when you know when they're able to pick up the slack, they will be exactly the same. So I, I don't think in in the same way that you can still buy, depending on where you are in the world, um, liquid emulsions. You can still buy glass plates. You can still buy large format cameras. You will still be able to buy 120 35 millimeter film. You know, in a in a couple of decades at least from now. You know, the the telegraph killed the newspaper. The the phone killed the telegraph. The the you know the cellular phone. The internet killed the phone. But they're all still here. <laughs> you know, we're still using all of these technologies in one way or the other. Just because something new comes out, it doesn't mean that it completely takes over. It just causes us to reevaluate our use of the pre-existing medium or technology. And for that reason, I, I'm confident that, that film as a medium or an analog photography medium will still be available when my grandkids uh, uh, start their own photography experience. Cool. And the last question from um, Throttle by Cable is he would like you to name one overrated and one underrated piece of photographic equipment. Uh, I'm guessing the Hasselblad is probably the overrated one, right? <laughs> I, I would say that the, it's probably the most overrated is probably uh, Ondu Pinhole. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, you started it. <laughs> I, I kind of I like the Ondu, actually. But uh, uh, underrated... Um, All right, let me start with the most the, the most overrated piece of photographic peripheral. Um, I'd say it's, it's <laughs> this is a bit controversial. <laughs> good, good. Um, I'd say it's probably a light meter. Ooh. <laughs> I, I, I'd say in in ninety percent of the circumstances where you want to shoot, you could, with enough experience, <clears throat> and trust me, shoot black and white film for a month with no light meter on your camera, and you will have enough experience to get started. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think with enough experience, um, specific, well, especially when you're shooting black and white film and certain color films, the most overrated piece of equipment you need is a light meter. And I will say that directed to people who are just getting into film. You know, I, I bought a new camera, the light meter doesn't work. It doesn't matter. Follow the Sunny 16 rules. You guys might have something to say about Sunny 16, <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah. You know, it can be done. And, you know, when you're getting into, when you're getting into uh, slide film, when you're getting into zone metering, which is indispensable when you're shooting larger formats, um, then, then yeah, okay. Light meters become necessary as you as you make the move into more technical approaches to photography. You don't need to be technical, but you know, it helps with certain types of films. Um, so yeah, the most overrated general piece of film photography paraphernalia is a light meter. And I, I still, I kind of don't don't really agree with myself, but. The, <laughs> Uh, I think you're just trying to dodge actually naming a camera that you think is a piece of junk that everybody else likes. I don't know. I don't, I don't think. I don't think that the, there is one camera that I, I could kind of, um, I could point out as being overrated. I think. I think there are certain people who who believe that certain pieces of gear imbibe them with magical properties, and then are, are very surprised to find out when their photos are terrible, and <laughs> that's because. 
they need to focus on their photography, not not buying gear. But you know that that's a different conversation. In terms of the most underrated piece of um, piece of equipment, I would say is um, something to write on and something to write with. And the reason for that is, I mean, quite often I, I, I'll stick a strip of masking tape on the bottom of, of one of my cameras and, and scrawl in pencil what I'm shooting. But what I find more useful is um, keeping a photographic diary. And I mean that not as every single shot, every single exposure, every single you know prevailing wind conditions and all of that kind of stuff. I'm just talking about um, keeping a loose track, and I don't do it all of the time, but keeping a loose track on where I am, what I'm shooting, what I, you know, film-wise or subject-wise, um, <clears throat> and, and ultimately when getting the roles back, revisiting that material and, and seeing whether the work that I produced lived up to my expectations for the day. It's only something that I've been doing relatively recently over the last few months, but it, it's been helping me to understand if I captured the feeling that I wanted when I was out specifically to shoot. 90% uh, of the time I'm an opportunistic photographer, so I will shoot stuff as I see it. But if I'm going out somewhere to shoot, then I, I, I find having a, a record of what my intention was for that day has really helped me to just develop myself. Cool. Good answer. Um, it's one of those things that I keep, I'm literally sat here with my photo memo book in front of me, completely <laughs> unwritten. <laughs> but I have not, I've basically written my name on the front. I was like, okay, this is definitely a step forward. <laughs> I, 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 I use mine, and Mike, Mike's probably going to shoot me for this. I, I use mine to keep a, a, a loose record um, of some medium format and mostly large format stuff. I don't feel that there's a need to record every frame for 35 mil uh, because that, that's my, my opportunistic shot, uh, my opportunistic kind of format. But for, for larger formats, it, 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 it does help, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm going through my second one now. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 it really is something that you have to work on. And there, there, there are a couple of um, mobile apps that that can do the same stuff. There's one called Exif for Film, which will you know you can take a photo of where you are, and then that'll geotag it alongside with whatever film and camera you're using, which can be good if you're going back on specific stuff. Um, but I find hands, you know, pen to paper helps me just in that. It's that kind of physical recall kind of side of things. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for answering all those questions. And thank you very much to everybody who sent in questions as well. Um, I left it pretty late. Well, actually, I asked a couple of times, but in the end, it was pretty late we got them. But thank you very <laughs> much to everybody who did send us in questions. I did think that though maybe we could uh, <clears throat> round up the last little bit of the the interview part of our conversation today with a, a call to action for our listeners. And you just mentioned the summer film party, uh, which <laughs> I uh, understand actually uh, it's the shoot week or the first of the shoot weeks uh, starts tomorrow, I believe. Which is uh, yeah. so by the time this uh, this episode goes out uh, of the show on Thursday morning. 
then we'll be into the thick of shoot week one for the summer film party so what are you expecting people to do there um it's it's the the three parties three t-max every four yes so so the the three parties that we've had so far have been all focused on black and white um film um the summer film party essentially focuses on uh shooting slow or specialist films over the course of the next three months so that's you know color negative that's that's slower than than iso 100 black and white that's slower than 50 uh, color slide film, black and white slide film, color infrared, black and white infrared, x-ray film, photo paper, basically anything that, that relies on, on the sun being, being, being out in order to, in order to, uh, <laughs> to not have to sit there with me you know, making ridiculously long exposures in the cold. So um, it's really just a case of get out and shoot whatever floats your boat during the summer, as long as it as long as it meets the the loose guidelines that we've set. It's essentially, the only stuff that we 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 don't want people shooting is you know 400, 800, 1600 speed uh, films uh, in color, and you know just just shooting stuff that they perhaps wouldn't ordinarily shoot, like you know some of the really super slow orthochromatic films from, from Rolay or, or black and white slide films from, from uh, Agfa and from Adox, Aerochrome, you know, my favourite, um, whatever floats your boat. Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, call to action there for everybody. Um, get some of that sort of film in your cameras and get out there and shoot this week. Um, it's not the only shoot week because, uh, as, as you said before, uh, you, this is going to run for three months. And the sh- so you get three shoot weeks, one in the first week of July, one in the first week of August. So, so yeah. uh, you know, plenty, plenty of stuff for people to get involved with there. Right. OK, well, I think. One, one little interesting thing, if I can, if I'm allowed to announce it before it's formally announced. <laughs> well, that's about, entirely up to about, you. <laughs> yeah, so so we're we're coming up to uh, the summer summer solstice on June 21st, um, and as as all purveyors of solography are aware, shooting between solstices solstices. So solstice. Shooting between Tolstoy. Uh, is uh, is is an ideal situation to get that wonderful wave effect in solography. So part of Summer Film Party uh, this month is going to be providing an introduction to solography and 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 really encouraging people to get ready, get their gear ready, and, and get it uh, get it up and uh, get the cameras placed before um, uh, before the summer solstice. And I'm 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 hoping very very fingers very 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 crossed that um that uh, uh cameron's uh, uh solography kickstarter project is going to be delivering uh, uh rewards to backers before the solstice because i know that that's that's something that he wanted to uh to, to to get on top of as well all right okay well we'll we'll look out for on uh emulsive.org for for more information on that then and i guess on twitter and other social media as well yeah uh, yeah. I've got my got my beer can here, ready to go. Listen to that. It's got film in it. Well, I've got paper in it and everything. I'm ready for the solstice. So, did, did you say beer can or bacon? Uh, well, it's a beer can. Um, <laughs> but I found bacon. I have yet to find a way to make bacon into a picture-taking medium, but um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where the news has events warrant. 
Okay. All right. So that we it comes a time in every guest interview on this show where this conversation disintegrates. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think if we're talking about taking photos on bacon, we're probably about there. So we'll take a short break and we'll be back with some of our normal nonsense. Right. Uh, thank you very much, um, as Graham says, for answering all of those questions and coming on the show. Uh, we always like to give our guests the opportunity to uh, point our listeners in the direction of, of their various different Internet places uh, so people can see your work and, and participate in the community. So where would you like our listeners to go? Uh, well, the, um, the most obvious is just uh, emulsive.org. Um, that's however you spell emulsive with .org on the end of it, although you can probably just search emulsive film um, and find various presences on on Twitter, on Facebook, on <clears throat> Instagram and various other places. But, but yeah, the, the, the website's always a good place to start. And um, yeah, don't forget to use the search function. It, it does work. well that's good to know because there's a lot of stuff on the site and uh you know often website search functions don't work very well at all do they so i i I didn't say i'll take you anywhere but it does work (laughs) right uh, dear listeners um uh uh, graham has had to leave us because sadly until you start paying for this show um we both have to have full-time jobs and graham's had to go off to work so uh thanks graham we'll catch up with you next week and uh to close out the show today uh it's me and em and uh we'd like to do that actually of course by uh doing our usual shout outs uh first one though actually is is a question i think that um has a question that's come in and i think it's one that em as uh as our current uh correspondent from uh far-flung parts of the world uh might have some insight into so this is from our good friend friend of the show i should i guess uh, rachel brewster and rachel is making a trip to china now i'm aware that you know the eastern part of the world is an enormous place so no pressure here mate um but <laughs> rachel has got a trip to shanghai and she's looking to hook up with some film photographers sorry hook up possibly not the best way of putting it <laughs> <laughs> she's looking to meet up with some film photographers uh maybe to do some some shooting uh specifically she said uh she'd love to use the opportunity of being out there to do uh, a couple shoot uh or, or simply to meet up with some other film photographers uh but she's not sure how to get the word out um so uh the and the next thing she said was that actually being in shanghai uh, she's asked if graham or i have ever been to china and uh, whether or not uh, we have any uh, unmissable shots to get and, and sights to see um i'm afraid i've not actually been to china and i'm reasonably confident that graham hasn't either uh so uh em i'm hoping that you might be able to uh, give some advice to rachel on uh is there anybody in that in the the china area that you know uh or things to see and do in shanghai have you been there yourself i um have been to the airport (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i know uh, i know a few people um uh, in shanghai and a few people who've who've been over there recently you have to excuse me i am obviously as a symptom of talking way too much i am now quite croaky well, i started off croaky anyway um 
I'm, I'm going to put Rachel in touch with uh, Gemma Rochester, who's based in Beijing at the moment. I know that she's got a few contacts in Shanghai as well, so maybe they'll be able to do something together. There's also a chap that runs a website called myfavoritelens.com. With, uh, that's favorite, the correct spelling with the U. F-A-V-O-U-R-I-T-E-Lens.com. So, yeah. uh, I know he recently spent some time there going through... Uh, uh, going, uh, going through some of the, the kind of film photo districts uh, stores, he had quite a bit of luck in a place called uh, Weimar uh, Professional Photo, which is over in Shanghai. So I, I, I can, I can either point you to the website or, or see if I can, if I can help get uh, get Rachel connected with those guys there. But drop drop me a DM and let's see what we can do. Okay. All right. Well, there we go, Rachel. I hope that helps. Uh, right. And then on <coughs> to uh, some more uh, shout outs. Um, I guess uh, over to you, Em, for this. Uh, who would you like to shout out to today? This is quite difficult, actually. Um, <clears throat> there, there are there are a lot of people who I who I respect and admire and look up to. On the on the film photography community, um, <clears throat> in terms of their experience, their the quality of their output, the way that they engage with with the folks that are there. But thinking about it, what what I'd like to do is give two shout outs to people who I believe um, <clears throat> are instrumental to developing and nurturing the next generation of photographers. And that, that, that's what it's all about. You know, we're, we're here, we're, we're playing. Some of us are making money from it. Some of us are doing it just for fun. But the key thing I, I believe is, is shepherding that next generation of, of photographers, um, you know, through and imbibing them with the same passion and, and spirit that we have. So I'd like to, I'd like to make a shout out to Richard Pickup that's Richard underscore pickup uh, and to Tom Rayfield and that's Mr. Underscore Rayfield. They're both on Twitter. Uh, they're both teachers. Um, they're both film photographers and I, I hold both of them in, in the utmost respect for, for what they do. Awesome stuff. I, 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 I like the sentiment behind it as well. Uh, any other shout outs? There, 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 there are so many. I, I, let me, let me rattle off a few. So, um, and these are all on Twitter. Uh, so we've got uh, DizD, SD, Mosmode for the, the kicking off and, and helping run the, the film parties for FP4 for, for, for T-Max. Um, uh, Barnaby Nutt, Ian Nutt, Sandeep Samal, so give me a biscuit. Um, Ian Jacques, so photo Ian for jumping on for Neo Fantastic and on for the summer film party. People like uh, Craig Pindell, Monica, who's Dr. Mars Rover, uh, Click Eric, Ribnar, a, a whole bunch of other people for, for really keeping the, the, the discussion alive, whether that be the quality of the discussion or the irreverence of the discussion, which is, <laughs> which is what we need. And especially for Sandy, I would like to say no to Expro. <laughs> I want to say that saying yo to expro is also allowed. Oh, okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, sitting squarely on the fence there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I like both, but it, it, it's fun. It's fun to mess about. I mean, there, there's the, there are, there's so much 
fun and th th there are many ridiculous in-jokes that are in, in, in the community on Twitter and it's, it's, it's a lovely place to live and if any of your listeners are not active on Twitter, just, just ask them to jump on, Let's just tag me, tag Believe in Film and, and you know, it, it, it's, it's, a whole, it's a whole other world out there. It, it, you're absolutely right and, and I thoroughly enjoy actually being part of the Twitter film community. My final shout out has got to be to, to Dan K, who's uh, at ZDP189 or ZDP189 for all of you guys. Dan is not going to appreciate me saying this. He paints, him, paints himself as a troll, um, but he is one of the most honest and genuine people that I know and that I've come across in the film photography community. So if you if you can give him a shout, tease him, nudge him, do whatever. But if there's if there's one person that you really want to be watching on Twitter, um, it's him. He's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, go say hi to Dan. Yeah, and, and give him some abuse whilst you're at it as well. <laughs> Okay, all right. Thank you very much for the shout outs. Now, I, I just have one um, which uh, is, relates to uh, an email that I received this morning. So, uh, you know, e eager listeners will remember that I ordered a little while back a reality so subtle pinhole, um, and uh, the delivery date uh, is right round about now. And uh, I got an email this morning from James, uh, who uh, I guess is the proprietor and manufacturer of reality. Reality so subtle pinhole cameras um, and uh, something that made me chuckle is that he's, he's apologizing there's a slight delay with my shit with my shipment uh, because he's run out of holes <laughs> <laughs> the one bit that you think should be fairly straightforward for a pinhole camera would be the hole but it's like yes it's um yeah out of holes oh well never mind uh james i'm still looking really really looking forward i have no idea if james is a listener actually uh but uh, i'm still really looking forward to getting my reality so subtle pinhole camera maybe by the time the show goes out i'll have received it anyway uh but the email made me chuckle and uh, <laughs> i fully understand that if you've run out of holes it's difficult to ship the rest of the camera <laughs> from, from from what i understand i mean uh, james goes to extraordinary lengths to, to, to maintain the quality of the pinholes that he produces is it's, it's madness I just um, he, he is on Twitter by the way so I can I can check you his handle so that you can you can bug him about his lack of holes <laughs> <laughs> good stuff yeah no i i i, I am not in any way uh, upset about this i just thought i'd mention the email this is not bad customer feedback i i'm still very much looking forward to receiving the camera i just thought it was a funny email um you're right and and you yeah, know james it seems that he's um he's got a, a delayed shipment of holes um waiting and the holes are a 0.3 of a millimeter so you're right i mean he does work very hard to make sure that it's good quality kit that he's sending out and to be honest i'd i'd rather wait a little bit and get the, get it right than uh, have something that was less than his usual quality so uh, yeah. anyway a good good fun one to uh, to sign out with uh, which does bring us to uh, the close of the show um so um you know thank you very much hope you've enjoyed yourself i have indeed it's been it's been a, an absolute pleasure 
Thank you very much. Well, you're, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. Uh, we also uh, like to say thank you every week uh, to uh, Chris at pixelatedphotographer.com uh, to Bill with the show notes, which, uh, Bill, yeah, I know Graham's not here now, so I can say it, we do understand that it's all Graham's fault for not posting the show notes. Um, Bill, you're, you're not in the bad books from the Sunny 16 podcast team at all. <laughs> uh, and we also like to say thank you to uh, Rocha for the music that threads through this show uh rachel's band of course rocha and uh, their latest album is promises i should have kept you can find that on amazon or itunes and you can hook them up look them up as i should say that's the second time i've done that today look them up on You're twitter and uh, yeah look them up on on twitter and facebook at, at rocha musica uh so Please get in touch with the Sunny 16 podcast uh, through Instagram, uh, through Twitter, our Flickr group, Sunny 16 podcast, and of course our email, sunny16podcast at gmail.com. We always look forward to receiving your communiques and uh, responding to them on the show. Uh, Graham will be back hopefully for the whole show uh, next week. Um, He's not here to do his little goodbye bit, so Em, you're going to have to do that. Um, I will say thank you for listening, folks. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Does that work? (laughs) It's close enough. (laughs) 